0: Today's scripture is from 1 Kings 19, verses 3-14. through 14. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree, he asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take my life away, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones in a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank, then went in the strength of, the Lord, of, that, the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? The word of God for the people.
1: I love that story because here it is. One of the great leaders of Israel, Elijah, and he gets to this place, this low place in his life where he wants to take his life. He doesn't want to live any longer. He asks God to take his life. Um... This story of Dear Evan Hansen is a story of some high school kids who are struggling with that question, do I want to live or not, and also about their parents and how they're trying to reach out to them and how to get them through high school and how to get them through this point so they can get on with life and enjoy it. Um, And one of the parts of this movie and play or musical, one of the, the... the songs I just love is waving at the window and I'm just we're just going to show just a little clip of this. I've learned to slam on the brake Before I even turn the key Before I make the mistake Before I lead with the worst of me Give them no reason to stare No slip it up if you slip away So I got nothing to share
0: no, I got nothing to say Step
1: out, step out of the sun If you keep getting burned. Step out, step out of the sun Because you've learned Because you've learned On the outside, always looking in Will I ever be more than a because I'm tap, tap, tapping on the glass I'm waving through the window I try to speak, but nobody can hear So I wait around for an answer to appear While I'm watch, watch, watching people pass I'm waving through the window Have you ever been there? Wondering if anybody... I mean, anybody is going to notice you. Putting a post on Twitter or Facebook and watching how many likes you get or hearts you pile up. Posting a Look from Brooke blog. Do you know I do write one, right? (laughs) So I write that blog, and I put it online, and so many times I watch, right? Literally checking it every hour, every half hour, sometimes refreshing it every ten minutes, just to see how many likes, how many comments, right? Um, How many hearts we get. Today's musical, Dear Evan Hansen, came out about seven years ago, and it has taken the teen and adult world by storm. Why is this so beloved? Well, first of all, the music is just incredible. You've got to listen to it. But it also, it's also because the show is about teenagers, and we've all been there. Evan Hansen, a teenager who we all either were or we knew as a kid, Um, Some of us were like him, um, who walks through the school hallways totally unnoticed. A kid who comes to church and sits in the back corner of the chairs of the sanctuary, maybe even goes up for communion, and yet no one notices. Nobody seems to know their name. So one day, because he wants to be noticed maybe, because he needs someone's attention, There's a tragedy at the school. Another outcast, Connor Murphy, dies of a depression disorder called suicide. And so Evan pretends, kind of just gets caught up in it really, to be his friend. An innocent lie at the moment really. I mean, he could have been a friend, right? Who would know? And then the suicide victim parents find out about this friendship and because they miss their child and they want to get to know this uh, friend, Evan Hansen, who they've never met. And Evan wants to tell them, but he seems to give them so much comfort to know somebody who's a friend that he doesn't tell them. And he finds himself just caught up pretending for a while to comfort them. Now you might say, What? Terrible. How could he? He pretends he's this Tom Mercy's best friend to give comfort and gain acceptance. I mean, after the assembly, the the video of his speech just goes skyrockets. I mean, everybody sees it. He gets so many hits. I read a review of this musical and the critic was just outraged, right, that this musical and movie was a thing. I mean, Evan doesn't even does everything wrong in this movie, he says. He he lies and deceives a grieving family for crying out loud. Who does that? This critic is just appalled, disgusted. I don't think this critic knows teens at all. (laughs) Right? I mean, doesn't doesn't understand the human condition. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, the critic isn't wrong. But he just doesn't get the gist of this musical. And the songs, oh, the songs, they speak to our human condition in such a a gut-wrenching realness. They speak to our basic human need to be found, to be held, to be known, to be noticed. We all have that in our genes. Thousands of trees fall in the forest every day, and no one hears them. No one notices but we don't want to be one of those trees. We have this terrible fear at the bottom of our existential gut, and it's not just for teenagers. It's for all of us. Um, And it's this fear that if we go out into the forest and fall out of a tree, nobody will come looking for us. No one will be there to catch us. And some of us, well, we do crazy things to be noticed. I'm kind of one of those crazy ones. I, I'm a youth pastor, right, or was, and uh, I loved getting youth attention. And I know this is going to be a gross story, but I just want to warn you. So I'm in a van, right? A white van, of course, a youth van, full of youth, and uh, they're all bored, and I'm trying to be funny, and so I reach up into this vent up in the, in, the, in the vent of the van, and I feel like, I think there's a piece of gum up there, you know? Just kind of, somebody put a piece of gum up there, not a, and it's chewed already, right? And I'm thinking, hey, wouldn't this be cool? These kids would love me if I just put that in my mouth. And I did. I stuck it in my mouth, and they all went, "You are so gross!" You know. And I thought, "No, I'm noticed. I'll take it." You know, I'll take it. Um, yeah, we're we're like that, right? I mean, some of us. Maybe not you. <laughs> we do not want to be Tom Brown. Tom Brown was a bachelor I once did a funeral for. He died alone in his apartment and he wasn't found by anybody for 14 days because nobody knew who he was. We had to draft four bearers to help carry the casket. Those four, along with me and the funeral home director, we laid him into the ground. There was no family, no friends, no one there to catch him. As I laid him to rest, I I read this as kind of a message of protest. It's the Church of Canada creed. You may know it. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We, We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit we trust. In God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to live with respect in creation. And risen, our judge and our hope, Jesus Christ risen and our judge and hope, in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. And we're called to serve, love, and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil. proclaim Jesus crucified and risen our judge and our hope in life in death in life beyond death God is with us we are not alone now if dear Evan Hansen had been written maybe I would have sung these words and we'll sing them a little later have you ever felt like nobody was there Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Have you ever felt like you could fall and no one would hear? Well, let let that lonely feeling wash away. Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay because when you don't feel strong enough to stand, you can reach, reach out your hand and oh, Someone will come running, and I know they will take you home. And as I would sing that song or share that creed, I would hope with all my heart that up beyond Tom Brown's life and death, somehow, he would hear those words and that song. Words he never heard on earth. And he would be surrounded by the hand and the love of, of God. And caught and found by our God. That God we hope and pray. in when we pray and when we fail that will be there. And then just like I did then. I'd weep. For a love and a hope. That didn't make it. That wasn't realized in that moment. Dear Evan Anson is a musical written as a creed of hope for people who know what it feels like to almost give up. (laughs) For a group of students who feel like the only reason they're going to be noticed is because they're good. Because they don't make mistakes. Because they fit into this perfect box and because they get good grades and have some special gift or talent and not because of the basic need of all humans that we must be noticed that we are human beings. We are awesome no matter what. We don't have to have a special gift. We just are. We're sacred. And that's who we are. Folks, the statistics are incredible, really overwhelming. Uh, Suicides are on the rise. Depression is skyrocketing. Loneliness, that question, will I be found, is going through the roof of our lives right now, of our world. Eating disorders rising, rising, rising. There's so much pressure on our kids and on each of us to be gifted, unique, sumo cum laude, a football star, a cheerleader, to make our mark, our own unique mark, that people of all ages and walks of life feel like they just don't make it, don't add up. And they pull the plug, they disengage. You know, you can disengage from life in a lot of ways. And you might be one of them. I read some statistics about moms out there. Man, there's a perfection mode of mothers, right? I mean, there's, a, there's an image of what a mom has to be. And if you don't live up to that, wow, it just comes roaring in on you. And if you aren't perfect, um, you're on the cusp sometimes. You're just giving in. Somehow, the church's foundational message needs to be shouted at this moment in our lives from the mountaintop. Somehow, our number one message has gotten lost. You, not alone. You will be found. Somehow, we need to get our kids alone and apart from this pressure-packed system and and disease and teach this and immerse them in an ever-flowing stream of true grace. True, you are loved no matter what. Somehow, every Sunday morning, we need to throw off our have-to-climb-ever-higher clothes. And we got them here in Woodinville, believe me. (laughs) Duval, the homeless, wherever we're at. Um, those clothes we have to wear every day of the week. We've got to throw those off and put on the clothes of grace upon grace upon grace on Sunday. Because on Monday through Saturday, um, fourth graders, and this just happened, one of our own, get spit on on the way home in the bus because they're in a new school. Because on Monday through Saturday, kids and adults divide into these little cliques on race and color and sexual orientation and age and height and social status. Emerson loves to say she's six and a half or now six and three quarters. Because I hate to say it, there's a division in her class already between six and three quarter and six. You know, they're making it always. That's what happens. Because in the Monday through Saturday world, the Tom Browns and the Evan Hanses of this world sometimes aren't seen or heard. Nobody is there to catch and hold and find. And that is our job. That's our creed. That's what Sunday people are all about. And that's what's inherently written on the front and the back of every follower of Jesus t-shirt. A great big, fat, weird-looking, cheesy-looking, you are not alone. You will be found. A great, big, rainbow-colored love wins. Period. No commas, no buts, no ifs, no once you've come our way. No, if you would just accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe like we do, then we'll bring you into the fold, then we'll love you with everything we got. No incompatible with Christian teaching. No love the sinner, hate the sin. No. No. No, just you will be found. Just you are loved. Just you are not alone. And we can't just wear that on Sunday, right? I mean it's important for us to do that here. It's also incredibly important that we wear it. The rest of the week, wherever we go, your your schools, your where you work, the people you hang out, the grocery store where you walk by that person six hundred times and never say hi. We wear it there too, especially there. That's when it makes a difference. And so, I hope you know that you're not alone that you will be found. And I hope this song that our choir is going to sing will bring it home that this is who we are and how we can live in the world. And all the people said, Amen.